0: Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Larry Galler with Larry Galler & Associates. Welcome, Larry.
1: Thanks, Lee. Nice to be here with you.
0: Well, I'm excited to learn about your practice. Tell us a
1: little bit about who you serve. Uh, For the last 25 years or so, I have been working with uh, owners CEOs of Small to mid sized businesses. Uh, I suppose that means uh, that requires a definition. And to me, a small business is uh, uh, well, the bulk of my clients are anywhere from one to 12 employees. Uh, a substantial number of them are larger, going up to 50 uh, to 100 employees. And a few are, uh, over the years, a, a few of them have been much larger companies.
0: Now, what's your backstory? How'd you get involved in coaching?
1: Uh, you got two hours. Uh, I have a, um, I come from a small business background. My parents owned a retail flower shop. Uh, I went into business with them after college. And uh, after a few years, we had a major disagreement into the future of the company. So I went off my own. I opened a retail store in what was then a brand new retail shopping mall which was a very hot destination in those days. Uh, The store sold uh, primarily gift wares and housewares, a broad assortment of things that you would have in your house. The store did very well, and over the next 10 years, I opened up five more stores. So we had a total of six stores. And uh, then shortly thereafter, in the next four or five years, the economy changed substantially. It became known as the Rust Belt Depression or recession. Uh, interest rates went up into the low 20s, the high teens, and uh, we were highly leveraged and had a very rough time paying the rent, paying the interest and uh, paying the vendors, and ultimately, uh, uh, at the end of about a five-year struggle, uh, we had to close the business. Um, and. Uh, had to look for something else to make a living and I Did some marketing work for a number of small businesses people that I knew uh, One of them introduced me as his business coach. I had never heard that term before and So I looked it up and sure enough there are people out there that call themselves coaches and they're making a living at it And I looked at what they did and I said that's what I do and I'm very qualified to do it So I became a business coach and I joined the chambers of commerce, a couple of them, three of them actually, uh, worked very hard to get clients and um, the first year was really a struggle, but um, I've been doing it for 25 years now and uh, uh, slowing down the practice, but uh, still very involved uh, in, in my practice and in the people I serve. Uh, If you want to know something about industries, just about everything. I have worked with um, a one-person carpet cleaning company to a uh, a statewide uh, community college uh, program uh, where I coached the uh, campus chancellors uh, on communications and delegation. I did that for quite a while. and. So and just about everything in between: manufacturers, retailers, restaurants, professionals. I think everybody but a veterinarian. I've never done a vet, worked with a veterinarian. Uh, not that I'm adverse to it; it just hasn't happened.
0: Now, is there um, a typical pain point that your clients all have, or it could be anything? It could be a marketing problem, it could be a leadership problem, it could be a communications problem, or do you solve? do you find you have a sweet spot where you're really good at a certain aspect of business?
1: Well, I like to think that I'm very good at strategy. Uh, And no matter what the problem is, and it's all of those things, it's, you know, it's leadership, it's human beings. uh, It's, uh, it's having a vision or articulating the vision, having a mission or understanding what that mission is. Uh, training your training the staff to deliver on the mission and vision and values uh, marketing and i mean they all want more all of my clients want more they want more business they want more profits uh, they want more ease of administering the business and i work in just about all of those areas um i don't do accounting i don't do taxation i don't work with insurance Uh, those are areas that are much better left to professionals who are expert at those things Uh, i will uh, and have negotiated uh, with banks on behalf of my uh, clients you know as part of uh, part of the team that uh, negotiates with the banks Um, but i i i I think the sweet spot, and I don't I, I don't think that most of my clients, when we initially get started, know what that sweet spot is going to be for them because they want more business. But that means that they are lacking something or it would be coming. So what are they lacking? Uh, they could very well be lacking a long-term marketing advertising strategy. They could be lacking a, a training program to get their, their, their staff to... Uh, be part of their marketing. Be part of their advertising. Uh, example: um, HVAC company, heating, air conditioning, ventilating. Uh, have people out in the fields. Some of them go in and fix whatever, fix the furnace, and leave, and hardly mumble anything to the uh, uh, to the customer. Now, what we've, what we've worked with is to get those people to be. Uh, quiet salespeople or marketing people for the company so that uh, that client, that customer, knows which HVAC company actually serviced them last time. Ways of getting those people back as customers rather than thinking that all HVAC companies are commodities. So uh, do, helps do, we help differentiate our. Uh, our clients' companies from their competitors. So, it, it, no matter what it is, it's really complex. It's not a magic bullet that you say, do this, and your business is going to explode. It's do a lot of things and implement them properly.
0: Now, do you see entrepreneurs kind of making similar mistakes, or is every uh, client you work with kind of on its own adventure? So, everything's kind of totally different.
1: Well, it's different because we're all different people, um, and each each of my clients has strong points and weak points, just as you and I do. Some people are very articulate, able to communicate thoughts. Others have to do have to work in different ways, and uh, yeah, I have to know as our coach. I have to know what what will or have to learn, and then know what will what will work for my clients and what will help them get to where they want to go. And that's part of the problem is very often, they just want more, they want bigger. um, And they don't strategize their way to figuring out how they're going to get bigger and more profitable. uh, How they're going to, I always think of, uh, uh, I make up little stories for myself and one of them is, going into the first Starbucks coffee shop in Seattle 25 years ago, and so going into the back room, uh, sitting at their conference table, which is a bunch of beanbag chairs, coffee beans, and uh, everybody's sitting around and talking and saying, hey, we're doing great. Uh, the store is growing. We're profitable. Yeah, da, 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 da. And somebody, somebody says, hey, we could have a second store. Wow, what a concept. And somebody else says, if we can Learn how to run two stores, we can run 10. And somebody else says, we could even have 100. Well, today they have 25,000 stores across all over the world. And it came from, I'm guessing, uh, a grand strategy that they developed. And from that, they had to do, they had to grow it. There was no model for what they did. So they had to develop leadership, managers, uh, training, how to how to pour the coffee and how to talk to the customers and how to display the product. Uh, they had uh, they had to figure out how to distribute their products. So they had to have a logistics and and uh, transportation issues to deal with. Of course, they have uh, internal growth issues like human resources. How do you hire enough people for thirty thousand stores? How do you train them? Uh, well, it starts with when you train the, your second employee, and you build on it and build on it, so that you can you can eventually attain your 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 goal, your dream. Uh, and uh, very often, the things that um, just imagine the issues with with inventory management for thirty thousand stores. I don't care what you're what you're selling. But in this case, it's coffee cups, right? And the little lids that go on the coffee cups and the raw product, the coffee. And how do you maintain the machines that they have on a regular basis? How do you replace them? When do you do it? What are the strategies behind all of those things? Growth is not just one thing. It's not, uh, except in extremely rare cases. I mean, we probably, anybody of a certain age remembers uh, the, the ad for Wendy's, Where's the Beef?, Uh, But every company has got a a little saying and very few of them attain that kind of uh, viral viral, uh, importance. So, yeah, there is no magic bullet to what they want. Every company is different. Every owner is different. Every board of directors is different. Uh, every staff is different, and you have to figure out what will work for your company. And that part of that is is, and I haven't mentioned this, but part of it is uh, creating a culture. This is the way and a culture is a fancy word for uh, translates into the way we do things around here. And if you have that culture, if you're able to create a culture and maintain it and teach, it to the people who are disseminated to your public, you're going to go a long way towards uh, getting that business of your dreams. And I think that's what my role is, is to help them articulate it, to help them figure out how to attain it.
0: Now, do you find that um, your clients, most of them, are they dreaming too big or dreaming not big enough?
1: Both. Uh, And again, you know, it's, you know, they're, they're individuals. And um, I've had clients that want to take over the world. And I've actually had a couple that have, or at least their world, um, and others that want to just get a little bit bigger. I think both of those things are valid uh, because it's their vision, and, and um, you know, it, it's it's their it's their dream. We all have different dreams.
0: Now what's the most rewarding part of the job for you?
1: The most rewarding part of the job is when we develop something and it works and they're able to replicate it and they're able to put it throughout whatever their system is. Um, If you've got a moment, I'll give you a, a, a short scenario. A client of mine some years ago Landscaping commercial landscaping company, they mow lawns you know, of industrial areas and schools, hospitals, things like that nature. They, they won't come and do your home. Uh, they had no growth for quite a while. They have a very nice business, by the way. It's been running at about the same level for a number of years, family-owned operation. Why can't you get any growth? I ask, and they say, well, uh, property managers aren't interested in talking to us when the snow is on the ground. They only want us to be there when the grass starts growing. And they, I can't get appointments, I rarely can get appointments with them to sell anymore. So when the grass starts growing, uh, they all sign contracts very, very quickly. There's no, uh, I'm busy getting my contracts signed. So I don't have time to go out and uh, work on getting new business. Okay, I heard that a couple of times and then I said, well, maybe we change the model for how you sell and market the company. Uh, I asked if they were, could get appointments at the, towards the end of the season, uh, September, October, uh, when the grass is hardly growing and uh, they're kind of ramping up their operations uh, here in the north. And yeah, I can get those appointments, so great. So let's make an appointment for a end of the season, uh, end of the season assessment of how we did and what we look forward to next year. He could do that, and he went out and he called on ten of his accounts, and he got appointments with seven of them. And when he, when they had the assessment of how they did, uh, he would then talk about next year, and he would have next year's contract in his portfolio and would get he, out of the top, out of the first 10 he called on and he got seven appointments, he sold four of them. And then before the season started in, in next spring, he sold three or four of the, of the rest of them. And so now he had all, and, and he did it for a much, much larger number of people. So he did it uh, at the start of the spring uh, when other property managers are thinking about lawn mowing, he was able to go out and get Uh, get appointments with them. And he was able to expand his business the first year over 30%. He's been doing this now for a number of years, and the business is substantially larger than it was when we first did it. And is this something that he could have done by himself? Yeah. But he never thought of it. He doesn't think in those terms. He thinks about mowing the lawn and sharpening the blades and uh, having the right people at the right places at the right time and and he's very good at it. So uh, we changed the paradigm of how he markets and sells his business and the business got a lot bigger. I do that for lots of companies, not only in that mellow, in that way of doing, uh, of getting business, but in many other aspects, most other aspects of running a business.
0: And if somebody wants to learn more and have a more substantive conversation with you, is there a website?
1: Uh, there is it's LarryGaller.com, dot com L A R R Y G A L L E R dot com and uh, somebody could send me an email, Larry at LarryGaller dot com L A R R Y G A L L E R dot com.
0: Well, Larry, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you.
1: Thank you much. It was a pleasure being with you, Lee.
0: All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio.